Our scripture today is uh, from the book of Philippians, and um, I'm going to be looking at Philippians 2, verses uh, 12 to 15. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Any dog people here? Dog people, yeah. Cat, I, I don't care about cat people. Because, because that's, it's not the subject of the sermon. Cat people are fine. I love cats. We used to have cats. But, but this is about dogs. Okay, so yeah, don't, don't email me. Um, so, I uh, always had dogs growing up. I mean, I, I remember, uh, you know, the, the Springer Spaniel Susie and the, and the, and the be- Beagle uh, Missy, who um, just lived a few months because as a puppy it ran out in the street, and that didn't go well for it. And, and, and then there was uh, Pepper and Sabaka. Sabaka is a Russian word that means dog. So we had a dog named Dog. Why not? Um, and, um, and then... Uh, after we moved out of the house, I moved out of the house, and Nancy and I got married, and, and uh, for, for a while there, we didn't have a, a, a dog in the house, but, but when we moved, at one point, we lived on property owned by the quarry that I worked for, and we had like a three-acre front yard. That needs a dog, right? You got to have a dog if you got a three-acre front yard, and so, so we, uh, we got a deal on a dog, and uh, believe it or not, so this dog, it, it's, its father, his father was um, a, a champion uh, um, dog. It, it, it had, uh, did those competitions, not the ones where you, they run around in a circle, run up and down with the dog on a leash and on Easter and you see it and you go, oh, um, not the, the Westminster show dog. This was one of those dogs that was a work dog. It, it, would, it was a golden retriever and it, it's the one that ran off the, the dock and jumped in the water to retrieve the bird, that sort of dog. This this dog was, the father was a grand champion. And so we got this dog. We lived on the quarry. We named it Rocky. Made sense. And, and Rocky was a puppy with paws the size of an elephant. I mean, they were huge. You knew this dog was going to grow. At six months, Rocky was 90 pounds. This was a big dog, Okay. And it's fair to say that I didn't do a great job in training the dog like maybe I should have. And so uh, over time, my parents, my dad got a, a project he was going to work on in, in Europe uh, for a couple of years. And so my parents wanted us to move into their house. And so it was like three-acre front yard or a swimming pool. Pool one. And so um, we were going to move into mom and dad's house, and mom and dad said, yeah, but not the dog. (laughs) They knew Rocky by now, and Rocky was kind of, Rocky was a mess. (laughs) A beautiful, big old mess of a dog. 
And so I gave Rocky, I was talking to one of uh, the guys that, uh, I was sales manager of the concrete and the, and the quarry, and he, was, he ran the uh, asphalt company, and I was talking to him, and Gary said, well, I've got a lot of acreage, I would love the dog, you can give me the dog. So Rocky went to Gary. And then one, at one point, Gary called me, and it, that wasn't unusual because we worked a lot together. So Gary called me, and he said, Dave, your dog ate my solar pool cover. I'm like, first of all, your dog. <laughs> Secondly, he's a puppy. They do those. They chew things, right? Yeah, shame on you for leaving the cover available to be chewed on. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I might have thought it, but a couple days later, he calls again, Dave. The dog at this point, not my dog, not your dog, the dog chewed the line between the house and the air conditioner. <laughs> Puppy, they do these things. A few days later, he calls and he says, uh, Dave, he killed all the ducks on my duck pond. <laughs> Retriever. I mean, he was just doing what comes natural to him. You can't blame me for a dog doing what they were created to do. A little, little while later, I get a phone call, and this guy says, hey, um, found this dog. Uh, the rabies tags say that he belongs to you. And I said, oh, I gave this dog away. And he goes, you gave away this beautiful dog? I said, yeah, yeah. I, I said, tell me where you are. I'll have the owner come get, get him from you. And he said, well, <laughs> so this is 30 years ago, and so keep that in mind. He says, I am the, the guard at the guard shack at Times Beach. Remember, Times Beach was a toxic cleanup site before it was a state park? think that through next time you go bike riding. <laughs> Just saying. Um, anyway, <laughs> the dog was hanging around the toxic waste site. Um, and so I called Gary. Gary went and got the dog, and then I didn't hear anything about the dog again, and I'm, I, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know what happened to the dog. But, but, but the truth is, we've, we've all, those of us who have had dogs know that dogs do things like that. I mean, I don't know if every one of them kills every duck on your pond, but, but dogs do things like that. They, they do what comes natural to them. They do what they're created to do. And, and, and therefore, because they're just doing what they're created to do, I like that movie title that says, All Dogs Go to Heaven. I think so. I don't have any argument with that. And, and I think, you know, you can't call a dog doing what it was created to do sin, Right? We, we just assume, you know, if you're not attentive to the dog and he messes on the carpet, not the dog's fault. He's just doing what dogs do. So, dogs do what they're created to do. The only thing that God created that can willfully do what is wrong is humanity. The only thing that God created that can willfully do what is wrong, dogs don't have a will. I mean, I know sometimes that you think they have a personality. I get that. I, I love dogs. I'm not arguing with you on that. But, but they do what they were created to do. Sometimes we do what we weren't created to do, you and me. And we call that sin. We call what we do that is wrong sin. We've been talking about having a Christian worldview. And part of a Christian worldview is to believe in this thing called sin. 
That's part of, of every Christian worldview. In, in, there, there are worldviews uh, that, that might contradict that. There are worldviews that, that are cultural and worldviews that, that argue different arguments. But, but a worldview that is Christian understands and believes in the reality of sin. Greg, uh, Pastor Greg, a couple of weeks ago preached the, uh, the opening uh, sermon in this series as we talk about uh, our worldview. Um, and in, in talking about this part of it, he talked about the fall. You know what the fall is? I don't mean, you know, after summer is fall. I mean the fall of humanity. And, and we talk about it in the sense of, yeah, um, you know, Adam bit the apple, Right? That's, that's how we get there. That's, that's the, the fall of humanity is Adam bit the apple. But why? Why the apple? How do we get there? God says to Adam and Eve, he says, look, garden, beautiful garden, all you can eat, buffet, all the time. Beautiful garden, anything you want, take it, eat it, not that tree. Anything you want, take it, eat it, just leave that one alone. Don't touch it. And so what do they gravitate toward? That which they were told, don't touch. Why? Well, because they become convinced, it says the serpent told them, but they become convinced that eating from that tree makes them like God. And they equate being like God with knowledge and power, and the ability to self-direct to rule my own kingdom, to be in charge of my own stuff. They, they don't take into account that, that, that being like God is being creative in a loving way. That's really what it means to be like God, to have a, a, a deep desire to love people that God put in your life God gave Adam Eve and Eve Adam, and, and the, the two of them had God who walked with them in the garden. It tells us about that in the book of Genesis. They, they, they weren't satisfied with what God had given them, all that God had given them. And they had to have that one tree. They wanted the freedom to make all their own decisions, and they actually had that freedom already. They had the freedom to decide whether or not the tree that one tree. This was a decision they made in advance to be like God. In today's discussion, uh, we, we, we would call it being in charge of ourselves, having, being a, a, a self-made person and being, being uh, able to control our own environment and all of that, that that we wish we had, we think we should have. You want to rule over all that you survey. So much so that, that you want the world to be offended when you're offended. You want the, the world to see your truth as the truth. You want, you want everything that you believe and understand to be normative. Not necessarily what you read in here, but what you believe in here to be what's right and true. You won't accept that, that your way might be wrong because if your way is wrong, a, a change is necessitated, and who wants to go through that? Pastor Greg, when he preached the introduction to this series, he pointed out that, uh, that this participation 
with what's wrong with humanity um, is, is called sin, and, and, and specifically it's called original sin. And original sin produces this alienation of ourselves from, from the rest of the world. First, it produces an alienation from God. Book of Genesis, chapter 3. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. Apparently, this was what God did. God hung around with humanity in the garden at the time. And the man and the wife hid themselves from the presence of God. Because they figured out what they just did was wrong. And they went deep in the weeds to get away from God. The second point that Greg made is that it it, it results in an alienation from other humans, from other people. Adam responds to God's question about why they're hiding. He says, well, the woman that you gave me, it has to be somebody else's fault, right? Because if I'm always right and something goes wrong, it's not me. It must be you. You must be to blame. And then next it creates an alienation from nature. Our desire to remove ourselves from all that is natural. You know, the the other day I was loading some boxes into my truck, and and I I took one box and I leaned in, and I felt this sharp sting right here. Wasn't a hernia. And, and I, I backed away, and I looked at my truck. I was looking for something pointy coming out of the wheel well or something. I, don't, I didn't know what it was. And, and so, I, well, I thought, that's strange, but I couldn't figure out what it was. I grabbed another box, leaned in, and it got a sharp stinging pain here. And I took my shirt, and I went like that, and a wasp fell out. I don't like that part of nature. <laughs> I'm okay if we're alienated from bug stings. But you know, a, a, a study was done, a book was written uh, several years back. Um, it was kind of a psychosocial uh, a study of, of, of children as they, as they grew older. And, and it was called um, uh, Last Child in the Woods or Last Child in the Wilderness or something to that effect. And, and the conclusion was that the more that we take children out of the wilderness, the less they are able to socialize with other people. Think about that with Xbox right now. The more that we remove nature, the less we are connected to one another. Isn't that a strange combination? Why would it be that if I don't spend time in the woods, I can't relate to you? I don't know, but it might have something to do with the way God created us. I mean, any, any more, what, you know, right now we're in a room with no outside light and, and we got filters in our air conditioner system and we, we do everything we can to remove ourselves from nature. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting we go worship under a tree, though maybe you would prefer that. But there's something about the less time that we spend in creation the less ability we have to relate to the created. Finally, and I think this is the saddest of all, is an alienation from our best true selves. An alienation from our best true selves. 
In Romans 1.29, we read, They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. Just describing humanity. Human, original sin is not a human flaw, though, that we can just blame Adam and move on. We can't take no blame on ourselves. Original sin is a recognition of the tendency that people have to always think of themselves first. How can I get ahead? How can I win? Never mind who loses. Original sin is that tendency toward self-centeredness. And a Christian worldview takes original sin seriously. In general, our society looks at original sin and has discounted this sense of self-centeredness to the point that we have raised the triumph of ourselves, the triumph of the self, as being the celebrated norm. You see, it begins with the fall of humanity, but it carries on throughout history, not to blame Adam, but to blame ourselves, because we live it every day. It's our temptations and our predilections. It's our, 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 our tendencies. And, and, and we want to continue in our own sinful life and gloss it over. Ignore what it has been. There's, there's a social process of, of normalizing. Put it on TV. Put it in the movies. Put it online enough. And people will accept it as normal. Remember the movie Natural Born Killers? Now there's a concept. I'm just born that way. I'm a, I'm a killer. God made me a killer. How can that be a sin? Huh? You're not a dog. You have a decision to make. God created you with a freedom of choice. You have the freedom to foul up. Why? so that you can have the freedom to be who God created you to be. Unlike the dog who messes on the carpet, because God created dogs that way, you get to decide whether or not you're going to make a mess or instead make something beautiful come to life. Just think for a moment. I, I know it's easier to, to say them, to say they, to point to others. But think for a moment. What do you do in your life that someone might say is inconsistent with the Bible, but you do it anyway? You've glossed over it. You've put yourself at the center of the world and decided, look, it's, it, it's just who I am. How do your own thoughts and ideas, how does your worldview being who you are bring harm to others? How is it that the way you act or talk or type tear up creation, the created other? What mess are you making because of your tendency to want to rule the world around you? That's original sin. A Christian worldview says that, that there is a reality in our world that humanity 
tends to favor our own mess rather than desire a redeemed relationship with God. We tend to prefer the alienation from God, the alienation from other people, the alienation from nature, and most ironically, the alienation from our best selves. Isn't that crazy? In a world where we seek to get ahead and be better than everyone else, we miss the fact that our best selves live with a Christian worldview. Humanity at its best is being Christ-like. That scripture that I read today is, is an encouragement. Work out your salvation. But we recognize that you're not able to do that on your own. We recognize it because we know in that scripture what, what follows is work out your salvation because God is working in you. God's not going to leave you to yourself. God's going to enter into this with you to bring you away from those temptations and tendencies of your life, to bring you toward the best self that God created. God knew you couldn't go go it alone. God wants to work on your, your hands and your feet and your mouth and your typing to do what is right. To do no wrong, as we say in Methodist circles, but more than that, to do all the good you can. And look again at the last two verses I read, verses 14 and 15. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky. The promise is that you would shine like a star when you become your true self, when you become who God created you to be. You know, the first time I, I, I hunted with, uh, with dogs, um, we always had dogs in our family, but never as retrievers. My family's always been bird hunters from way back when. And, and, uh, um, but the first time I hunted quail, with a dog. My friend Rob, we, had, we were fresh out of college, and, and, and Rob was raising German short hair uh, terriers, pointers, I can't remember what they were, uh, but German short hairs, we just called them. And, and um, you go into the, into the, the fields, and, and you're, you know, the grass is really deep, and, and all of a sudden that dog just does this, and it doesn't move because it's on point. And it is a thing of beauty. To watch a dog do what it was actually created to do. What it was trained to do, yes, but what it really desires to do. And you could just see that dog, and sometimes they're sitting there on point shaking because they're so excited about what's next. And then, and then Rob would get into position, and Rob would say, flush him out. And the dog would go in there with its nose and try to get that covey of quail to take off. And, and when it would, then one of us, we, probably both of us would take a shot. Only one bird would fall because we were that bad. And, and the bird would go down, and, and then Rob would say, hunt him up. And that dog would go nose first into the weeds trying to find the, the down bird and, and would take it into its mouth but not crush it because it's been trained not to and bring it back to Rob just as proud as it could be, it was, a, it was a thing of beauty. 
I, I, I've watched recently on, online some, some videos of, of this guy that has a, a, a couple of working dogs for, for uh, cattle farming, and, and he, he, he calls out, he either whistles or calls out a command, and that dog moves the, the cattle to the right place, and it moves around just exactly. It's a thing of beauty. When that dog's done, he's so excited about having done it right. You're not a dog, but you need some training. <laughs> training by God to become what God truly created us to be, to work out our salvation, opening our lives up to God, to work within us, to act according to His will in order to be able to live our best selves. That's a thing of beauty when you do. Not the beauty of a dog doing its best work, but the beauty of a human loving others in ways that can only be described as light shining like a star. You see, a, a Christian worldview sees both the mess of humanity called sin as well as the greatest potential of humanity. And that's the subject for next week. Amen and amen.